Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, by Hamadpant, a modern rendering by Monica Pinakanda. Guru Chapter 6 Ramanavami Festival and the Masjid Repairs The author makes some preliminary remarks about the Sadguru, the true Guru. The power of the Guru's touch and our surrender to him. Where the Sadguru is helmsman, he is sure to carry us safely and easily beyond the ocean of worldly existence. The word Sadguru brings to mind Sai Baba. He appears to me as if standing before me and applying Udi, sacred ash, to my forehead and placing his blessings on my head. Joy fills my heart and love overflows through my eyes. Wonderful is the power of the touch of the Guru's hand. The subtle body consisting of thoughts and desires that cannot be burned by world-dissolving fire can be dissolved by the mere touch of the Guru's hand. Karmas from many past births are purified and washed away. Even those who feel annoyed when they hear religious and godly talk attain calmness. Seeing Sai Baba's handsome form chokes our throat with joy, makes the eyes overflow with tears, and overwhelms the heart with emotion. It awakens I am He, the oneness with the divine in us and manifests the joy of self-realization. It dissolves the distinction of I and you and makes us one with the supreme reality. When I read scriptures, I am reminded of my Sadguru at every step. Sai Baba assumes the form of Rama or Krishna and makes me listen. When I sit to listen to the Bhagavad Gita, Sai becomes Krishna from head to toe and sings the Bhagavad Gita or Uddhava Gita for the welfare of devotees. When I start to chit-chat, I immediately think of Sai's stories, which enable me to give suitable illustrations. When I start to write anything, I cannot compose even a few words or sentences. But when Baba makes me write... I go on writing and writing to no end. 
When the disciple's egoism pops up, he presses it down with his hand. He gives him his own power, makes him gain his goal, and satisfies and blesses him. If anyone bows before Sai and surrenders heart and soul to him, then spontaneously all the chief aims of life, dharma, righteousness, artha, wealth, kama, desire, and moksha, liberation, are easily attained. Each of the four paths to God, karma, action, jnana, knowledge, yoga, and bhakti, devotion, lead us to God. Of these, the path of bhakti is thorny and full of pits and ditches and difficult to traverse. If you rely on your sadguru, you will avoid the ditches and thorns and walk straight to your destination. So says Sai Baba. After philosophizing about the self-existent Brahman, his power, maya, to create this world and the world he created and how all these three are ultimately one and the same, the author quotes Baba's promise guaranteeing the welfare of bhaktas, his devotees. There will never be any shortage or scarcity of food and clothes in my devotees' home. It is my special characteristic that I always look to and provide for the welfare of those devotees who worship me wholeheartedly with their minds ever fixed on me. Lord Krishna has also said the same in the Gita. So, strive not for food and clothes. If you want anything, beg the Lord. Leave aside worldly honors and try to win the Lord's grace and blessings and be honored in His court. Do not be deluded by worldly honor. The form of the deity should be firmly fixed in your mind. Let the senses and mind be always devoted to the worship of the Lord. Let there be no attraction for any other thing. Fix the mind in remembering me always, so that it does not wander to the body, wealth, and home. Then it will be calm, peaceful, and carefree. This is the sign of the mind well engaged in good company. If the mind is wandering, it is not well merged. After quoting these words, the author goes on to relate the story of the Ramanavami festival in Shirdi. As Ramanavami is the greatest festival celebrated at Shirdi, another fuller account of it was later published, and a summary of both accounts is attempted here. Baba initiates the fair in Shirdi. Gopal Rao Gund was the circle inspector at Kopergon and a great devotee of Baba. He had three wives, but no children. Through Baba's blessings, a son was born to him, and in his joy from this, an idea came to celebrate an urus, or a fair. In 1897, he placed it for consideration before Tacha Patil, Dada Patil, and Shama. They all approved of the idea, 
and got Baba's permission and blessings for it. Then application was made for the collector's sanction to celebrate the fair, but permission was refused. But as Sai Baba had blessed it, they tried again and ultimately succeeded in getting the collector's permission. After consulting with Baba, they fixed the fair to be celebrated on Rama Navami Day, Lord Rama's birthday. But it seems that Baba had a bigger end in mind. The unification of two festivals, Muslim and Hindu, and ultimately the unification of these two communities. As future events show, this was achieved. Though the permission was obtained, other difficulties cropped up. Water was scarce in Shirdi. There were two wells in the village. The one in use dried up, and the water from the second well was brackish. Baba threw flowers into the brackish water, and it turned sweet. But the water from this well was insufficient, so Tatya arranged to carry water from another well a considerable distance away. Then temporary shops had to be constructed, and wrestling bouts arranged. Damu Anna Kassar of Ahmednagar who had also been unhappy in the matter of progeny, though he had married two wives, was blessed by Sai Baba with sons as well. His friend, Mr. Goon, asked him to supply a flag for the procession. Mr. Goon also got Nana Saheb to supply an embroidered flag. Both these flags were taken in procession through the village and finally fixed at the two corners of the masjid, which Baba called the Dwarkamai. This is being done even now. The sandal procession, Hindus and Muslims side by side. In addition to the Hindu ceremonies at the fair, another procession was begun at this time. The idea of a sandal-paced procession came from Amir Dalal, and a Muslim bhakta, devotee. The procession was held in honor of the great Muslim saints. Sandalwood paste and burning incense were put on tallies or flat plates and carried in the front of the procession. A music band accompanied the procession through the village, then returned to the masjid. The contents of the plates were thrown on the nimbar, or the niche, and the walls of the masjid. This work was managed by Mr. Dalal for the first three years, and then later by his wife. So on that day, two processions went side by side with the flags held by the Hindus and the sandal paste carried by the Muslims. These processions are still going on. Preparing for the fair... This day was very dear and sacred to the devotees of Sai Baba. Most of them turned out on the occasion and took a leading part in the management of the fair. Tatya looked to all outward affairs, while the internal management was left entirely to Radha Krishna Mai, a female devotee of Baba. Her residence was full of guests 
whose needs she had to look after, and she also made all the arrangements for the fair. She willingly washed out, cleaned, and whitewashed the entire masjid. Its walls and floor were blackened and full of soot from Baba's ever-burning duni, his sacred fire. To do that, she worked every other night while Baba slept in the chavadi. She had to take everything out, including the duni, and after thoroughly cleaning and whitewashing everything, replaced everything as it was before. Feeding the poor, which was so dear to Baba, was also an important part of the fair. Cooking on a grand scale and preparing various sweet dishes was done at Radhakrishna Mai's house with some wealthy devotees taking a lead in that effort. The evolution of the fair into the Ramanavami festival. The celebrations went on in this way, and the fair gradually increased in importance until 1912, when a change took place. That year, a devotee, Krishna Rao Bhishma, came for the fair with Dada Sahib Kaparde and was staying at the Dixit Wada. While lying on the veranda, when Bhishma saw Kaka Mahajani going to the masjid with puja materials, a thought arose in his mind that there was something providential in the fact that this fair is celebrated in Shirdi on Ramanavami Day. Since this day is very dear to Hindus, why not begin the Ramanavami festival, which celebrates the birth of Sri Rama, on this day along with the fair? Kaka Mahajani liked the idea, and so it was arranged to get Baba's permission. The main difficulty was how to secure the Haridas, or Kirtan leader, who would perform Kirtan, singing the glories of the Lord. But Bhishma solved the difficulty. He said that his Rama Akyan, composition on Rama's birth, was ready. And he would do the kirtan, while Mahajani would play the harmonium. It was also arranged to have sugared ginger as prasad, or blessed food, prepared by Radhakrishna Mai. Then they immediately left for the masjid to get Baba's permission. Baba, who knew all things, including what had transpired, asked Mahajani what was going on in the Vada. Being somewhat disturbed, Mahajani could not catch the meaning of the question and remained silent. Then Baba asked Bhishma, who explained the idea for celebrating the Ramanavami festival and asked for Baba's permission. Baba gave it gladly. Everyone rejoiced and began making preparations for the Ramanavami festival. The next day, the masjid was decorated with flags. A cradle was supplied by Radhakrishna Mai and placed in front of Baba's seat. Then the proceedings started. Bhishma stood up for kirtan and Mahajani began playing the harmonium. Sai Baba called Mahajani. He hesitated 
having a doubt whether Baba would allow the festival to go on. But when he went, Baba asked him what was going on and why the cradle was placed there. He answered that Ramanavami festival had commenced and the cradle was put there for that purpose. Baba took a garland from the niche and placed it around Mahajani's neck and sent another garland for Bhishma. Then they commenced the kirtan. When it came to a close, sounds of victory to Rama went up, and kumkum, red powder, was thrown all around, amidst band and playing. Everybody was overjoyed when suddenly roaring was heard. The red powder, which had been liberally thrown all around, went into Baba's eyes. Baba got wild and began to scold and abuse loudly. People were frightened by the scene and left quickly. Those intimate devotees who knew Baba well took this scolding and outpouring as blessings in disguise. They thought that when Rama was born, it was right for Baba to get wild and enraged in order to kill Ravana and his demons in the form of egoism and wicked thoughts. Besides, they knew that whenever a new thing was undertaken in surety, it was usual for Baba to get wild and angry. So they kept quiet. As Radha Krishna Mai was afraid and thought that Baba might break the cradle, she, act, she asked Mahajani to get the cradle back. But when he went to loosen and unfasten the cradle, Baba asked him not to remove it. After some time, Baba became calm, and that day's program, including Mahapuja and Arati, was finished. Later on, Mahajani asked Baba for permission to remove the cradle. Baba refused, saying that the festival was not yet finished. The next day, another kirtan and the Gopal Kala ceremony were performed. In the Gopal Kala ceremony, an earthen pot containing parched rice mixed with curds is hung and broken after the kirtan. The contents are distributed to all by Lord Krishna and his cowherd friends. After this, Baba allowed the cradle to be removed. When the Ramanavami festival was going on, the procession of the two flags by day and the sandal paste by night went off with the usual pomp and show. From this time onwards, the Urus, the fair of Baba, was transformed into the Ramanavami festival. From the following year, the events in the Ramanavami program began to increase. Radha Krishna Mai started Anamasapta, singing of the glory of God's name continuously for seven days and nights. For this, all devotees took turns. She also joined in, sometimes early in the morning. But the difficulty of getting a Hadidas, a Kirtan leader, was felt again. But five or six days before the festival, Mahajani accidentally ran across Balabhuva Mali, who was known as modern Tukaram, and got him to do the kirtan that year. In 1914, Balabhuva Satarkar was unable to act as a Haridas 
due to the plague in his own town. So he came to Shirdi. Kakasaheb received Baba's permission, and Sitarkar sang Kirtan and was compensated for his labor. After 1914, Baba solved the difficulty of getting a new Haridas every year by permanently entrusting the function to Das Ganu Maharaj. From then on, he performed Kirtan for the festivals admirably. Since it first began in 1912, the festival grew gradually each year. During festival time, Shirdi looked like a beehive full of men. Shops began to increase. Celebrated wrestlers took part in wrestling bouts. Feeding of the poor was done on a grand scale. The hard work and sincere efforts of Radhakrishna Radha Mai turned Shirdi into a samstan, a state. Many things were presented to Baba. A beautiful horse, a palanquin, chariot, many silver items, pots, buckets, pictures, mirrors, and elephants for the procession. Although these things increased enormously, Baba ignored all of it and maintained his simplicity as before. It is to be noted that both the Hindus and Muslims worked in unison in both processions. During the entire festival history, there has been no quarrel between them. Early on, there were about 5,000 to 7,000 attendees, but that figure went up to 75,000 in some years. There was never any outbreak of violence, nor any epidemics. The community repairs the masjid. Another important idea inspired Gopal Gund, which was to get the masjid in order. In order to carry out the repairs, he collected and prepared the stones. Nana Saheb and Kaka Saheb completed the pavement work. First, Baba was unwilling to allow them to do these works, but with the intervention of Mal Sapati, permission was given. The pavement was completed in one night. In the masjid, Baba took a small gadi or cushion for his seat, discarding the usual piece of sackcloth he had used until then. In 1911, the Saba Mandap, or courtyard, was also put in order with great labor and effort. The open space in front of the masjid was very small and inconvenient. Kakasahib wanted to extend it and put a roof on it. At great expense, he got iron posts, pillars, and trusses and started the work. At night, all the devotees worked hard and fixed the posts. But when Baba returned from the Chavadi next morning, he uprooted them all and threw them out. Once it so happened that Baba had gotten very excited, grabbed a pole, and began to shake and uproot it, and with the other hand caught Tatya by the neck. He grabbed Tatya's headcloth, struck a match, set it on fire, and threw it in a pit. At the time, Baba's eyes flashed like burning coals. None dared look at him. Everyone was terribly frightened. Baba took a rupee from his pocket and threw it there 
as if it were an offering on an auspicious occasion. Tatya was also very frightened. None knew what was going to happen to Tatya, and none dared interfere. Bagoji Sinde, Baba's devotee with leprosy, made a bold advance but was pushed out by Baba. Madhav Rao was also treated the same way and pelted with brick pieces. All of those who tried to intercede were similarly dealt with. After some time, Baba's anger cooled down. He sent for a shopkeeper and got an embroidered headcloth from him. Baba then tied it on Tatcha's head as if he were being given a special honor. Everyone was wonderstruck to see Baba's strange behavior. They were at a loss to know what had enraged Baba so suddenly, what had led him to attack Tatya, and why his anger suddenly cooled down. Baba was sometimes very calm and quiet and talked sweetly with love, but then with or without any cause, he became enraged. Many such incidents may be related. I do not know which to choose and which to omit. Therefore, I mention them as they occur to me. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.